0: Hi, this is Sandra with Chronically Driven, and what is on my mind today is to come in and share a little bit about what is behind my tagline and the phrase that I say all the time, which is being in the driver's seat when it comes to our health and wellness. It is the tagline that I use for a lot of my writing. It is what I talked about on the very first radio show that I did three years ago. And it is what has prompted the name of my podcast, Chronically Driven. So usually I say that being in the driver's seat relates to when it comes to our health and well-being. However, it actually applies to everything in life. Being in the driver's seat means we are empowered to make the decisions that we have that are right for us and our family. The power of decision and the power of choice, we have so many decisions throughout the day. What sort of mood we're going to be in, what we wear, where we go, where, we, where we're going to grab a coffee, everything that we choose to do, what we are going to eat, what we are going to digest for information throughout the day, choices every single day. And I like to be in the driver's seat for those choices rather than being led by what is going on around me. It's one of the things that I really, really try to practice. As a patient advocate, I hear a lot about the struggle that many people have when it comes to communicating and having conversations with healthcare professionals, whether it is someone who is a, a doctor, a pharmacist or someone at the, at the booking desk, it is, Sometimes a little bit overwhelming and I get that one of the skills that I bring to the table is having a lot of experience in the area of personal patient advocacy and communicating with doctors along all of my health journeys and it's something that I've actually become really good at and I wanted to share some of the strategies I think In some cases, we tend to get it mixed up and we give too much power and control and decision making to others. It's important to remember that always we are in the driver's seat. We have the choices and we make the decisions for what we can, when we can, and it's always an option. There are always options. I've had interestingly conversations with a few people lately who were feeling really overwhelmed and burdened by what was being recommended to them. One person it was for a surgical procedure and the other person, it was for a medication that just did not sit well with them. And they felt in both cases, some sort of a sense of obligation or duty to follow the recommended suggestion from the doctors in these scenarios. And I just found that that it was an important time to step in and to speak up on this topic because we should not be going forward and doing something that we are not feeling comfortable with. I think that that is really important to listen to and to follow our own internal compass. An example I'll use for this is my knee replacement surgery. I had an appointment um, two years ago to see the orthopedic surgeon and he and I both agree from all of the um, evaluations and examinations that should I wish to, I am absolutely a candidate for a TKR, which is medical nerd speak for a total knee replacement. At the time I wanted to have that because I was really suffering quite a bit. And then several months later, when the phone call came around to offer me a date for booking, I actually declined that and said that I wasn't ready because I had just begun working out and I wanted to do a little bit of prehab before I was doing rehab. And I also was starting to feel quite a bit better and did not feel that now was the time for surgery. So instead of feeling that, oh, I agreed I wanted surgery and here's the call and going ahead with it. I with 100 percent no confidence and no qualms whatsoever said politely said no thank you i have uh, reconsidered and that i will be back in touch with the surgeon's office as and when i am ready to proceed now to me that was was perfectly normal and maybe that's a real simplistic example but when it comes to anything I think it's important to realize that the decision is always ours. The next point I wanted to touch on is what it actually means to be advocating for ourselves. I think that there's a really big disti- distinction between effective advocacy and ineffective storytelling and fact dumping. One of the things that I think can really set us up for success in the area of communication with medical professionals of any kind, is to recognize that while it is about your personal health and well being, we are actually entering into a business transaction. It is a business ter- transaction, a professional transaction when we are communicating. And for the most part, People who work in a professional capacity actually respond very well to a very clear and business-like approach. I think that a really excellent place to start is to reverse engineer what it is that you are trying to accomplish. What is the end goal? This will allow you to set yourself and the professional that you're dealing with up for the very best outcome. The first step is to clearly identify what is it that you are looking for? What is it that you are asking for, or that you would like to have happen? First, identify that. Then who is the person that is going to be able to help you with that? And there may be a couple of steps with this. There may first be the person that you book the appointment with, or it may be gearing up for an actual conversation you're having with your physician, identify who it is that you will be dealing with. Next, identify what is the very best case scenario. If when you speak to this person, they would come back with the absolute perfect answer or solution for you. What would that be? Now that you know what that looks like, Your next step, your job in fact, is to try and determine how can you make it as easy as possible for the person you are dealing with to grant your request? How can you make it so simple for them? The biggest mistake I see and the one that tends to cause people the most frustration is over explaining your situation or bringing in emotions or impact statements in thinking that that is how to advocate for what you need. I think that the opposite is true. If we edit what we're saying and keep it super simple without all of the backstory and details. And when we learn to phrase our questions in an appropriate way to match for with who we're speaking to, that it, can set us up for way more success. I wanted to give an example of how to put this into place with a real life example that came up recently. The situation was someone that I know requires and relies on a prescription medication. They had thought they had more of a supply. They are going to run out before they can get their next doctor appointment. And the doctors suggested that they contact the pharmacy to see if they can give some, an interim supply until they can come in for the or have the online doctor visit. So that seems simple enough, but for the person that was dealing with this, it was overwhelming and they felt a little bit of panic and concern of being able to get this medication and the initial reaction was that they were going to have to convince the pharmacy of how important that this is and that it absolutely must happen and a whole list of scenarios of why this situation happened and the urgency of it being taken care of, and it was becoming stressful and overwhelming. So I wanted to step in and say, if you'd be open to it, can I help you with this and suggest a way of how you might want to approach this that could set you up for success. So I'm going to sort of run that, run through that process now using the model that I sort of identified a a little bit ago about sort of reverse engineering and approaching it as a professional business transaction. It's also important to recognize who we are dealing with and what their role is and how we can make it as easy as possible for them to fulfill that role. That is the number one objective. So let's look at this example of needing to contact the pharmacy for um, an advance on prescription medication. That is the goal. That's what we need to do. We need a one-week supply. Who is it that is able to help us with this request? Well, it's going to be the pharmacist ultimately making that decision. But initially, who will we be speaking to? We'll likely be speaking to the clerk that answers the phone, or it could be a pharmacist assistant. Now, what can we do to make that person's role so easy? How can we give them all the information that they need to grant the request? This is actually a really simple request. And it's likely that the pharmacist deals with dozens and dozens of these each and every day. It is actually no big deal unless you make it one. I feel that in general, there is zero benefit to describing the details of the situation and circumstances to the person that answers the phone. They do not need to hear any of the backstory or any of the sense of urgency because that's not their role to be in a place to make a decision one way or another. They are information gathering at this point, so they can do their job, which is to advocate for you by going and talking to the pharmacist. And again, this is a simple transaction. So let's make it super, super easy. Here is how the phone call went. First and foremost, you start with identifying who you are and identifying the prescription number. don't start with a story you start with having them pull up your file that is you should be that prepared and efficient when you call and it allows them to be efficient in the first process of getting this request for you secondly you've told them you've identified the situation you know there are no refills you have already spoken to your doctor's office and made an appointment and then they recommended that you call and ask for this request. And you do that with the confidence of knowing that this is a simple request. And, um, you're just calling to get that started. The actual thing that happened when I said those, what were they? three sentences? The person on the other phone said, okay, one moment, I'll check with the pharmacist, please hold. In less than, I really think it was less than a minute, they came back on the line and said, okay, we can provide an eight-day emergency supply. Simple and done. What I like about this is that it was stress-free on both ends. It was respectful of the time and the role and the position of the person that we were calling. Again, in customers facing roles such as these, People are dealing with hundreds of customer transactions each and every day. They don't need to hear the backstory. It doesn't help them do their job. These are simple transactions and it is so much easier for everyone to approach them in this way so there you have it that is some tips on how to deal with a scenario like that i hope you found it helpful and i hope if you are someone that has found these conversations a little bit overwhelming and that you felt the need to have to explain yourself that you can reframe that and think of advocating for yourself as a patient means clearly knowing what you want as your outcome and helping set other people up so that they can best fulfill those requests for us. Again, I hope that's helpful. I would love to hear your feedback and comments and I will see you next time. Bye for now.